Good morning, everybody. Welcome to God's Stories. This is uh, Tuesday. It is August the 15th. Hope everybody's doing well. And uh, I think Facebook has changed this um, its program, so it looks a little bit different from here. But um, anyway, I want to go ahead and get started with something that um, I thought about here lately. I've been really on this thing of hearing God's voice and hearing it correctly. And, um, and of course, you know, walking in God's voice and obeying God's voice, uh, you don't learn basically through some of your victories. You learn through a lot of your mistakes because mistakes, uh, mistakes are not sin when you're trying to follow the Lord. And uh, mistakes are actually stepping stones to following the Lord. They're stepping stones in learning his voice. You know, there's times where I've, I've stepped out and thinking I heard the voice of God and, and it doesn't go right. And, uh, and instead of blaming it on the enemy when I'm having a lot of trouble because I've missed it, uh, instead of blaming it on the enemy, I take the opportunity to learn from God. Because most of the time, you know, especially us over here in the United States, you know, if we're, if we're hearing, thinking we're hearing the Lord and then we do something or we move or, or, uh, speak a word or whatever, you know, uh, and we get what we would call backlash from it. And when we make the mistake and we feel like, you know, it's not going right, things aren't going right. Um, uh, we want to blame it on the enemy saying that we've got backlash and sometimes we do get backlash, but you know, a lot of times we're, we hear the Lord in part and we see in part and we miss a lot of it. And, uh, but a lot of times we'll try to blame it on the enemy when we miss it because we're having such trouble when we miss the, the voice of God and we thought he said to do this and, and he didn't. And, uh, we end up uh, in some pain and end up learning a little bit of obedience by learning it, uh, by making mistakes. We'll, if you can, when you make that mistake, instead of blaming on the enemy, say, okay, Lord, I think I missed it. What, what do I need to do now? He, he may say, turn around and go back and let's start over. You never know, but you can't learn the voice of God by victories. You know, you got to learn them by some of the things you suffer when you, uh, don't hear him and you think you heard him. And, uh, I've got a couple of stories like that, um, because I've learned the voice of God, um, uh, by not hearing him too clearly. I've heard, I've heard him in dark ways. In other, in other words, I've heard him in ways that I just felt him or sensed him. And, uh, and I went with it. And sometimes it wasn't the Lord. And, uh, and I was just like a lot of us, you know, I would say, um, man, that was the enemy that I must've really took ground. And, and, uh, that's the reason I got hit. And, and then the Lord has interrupted me and he goes, really? And, I, and of course I said, you know, well, what happened? He said, you just missed me. You, you, that wasn't me. And I just, instead of getting upset, I just turned around and said, oh, okay, well then that's not you when you speak that way. All right, let me go back and let me do this thing correctly. And it's amazing some of the things that I've learned just through the mistakes that I've made. But, uh... I wanted to read a couple of things here just by scripture, just to make, just to help us. 
in uh, Hebrews 5, it says uh, that the Lord, in verse 8, says he, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal life, of eternal salvation to all who obey him called by God as high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. So even the Lord learned obedience. He learned obedience by the things he suffered. So there are things that the Lord even had to suffer when he was trying to obey the voice of God. And in turn, there are things we're going to suffer through in trying to obey the voice of God. And some of the suffering is uh, we just miss it. And sometimes you'll suffer. Sometimes you'll go through things that uh, don't feel too good. But it's actually a, a way to learn. Because, uh, again, you can't learn without have, making mistakes. And, uh, and again, I, I have learned by not victories. I've learned by uh, making mistakes and learning from them. And uh, there's another one in here that it's kind of extreme. But... Uh, it's out of Second Kings 6, you know, starting in, you could say in verse 3, and you can read this because if I read it, uh, it's, it's pretty long, but it's basically David trying to bring the presence of God uh, back home uh, to his city. And he's really excited and he puts the cart, he, puts, he makes this brand new cart and he puts the presence of God, the ark of God on the new cart. And he thinks it's the, that's the way to go. You know, let's go after him. And they start singing and, and, uh, the, the ox stumbles. And, uh, of course they try to steady the ark and the ark strikes them and people die. And of course, uh, David, you know, learned a big mistake. He learned that he cannot carry the ark of God on a cart. He's got to do it by men's shoulders and he's got to, He's got to make, take six steps and, and make sacrifices and to get it back home, which is a lot of learning. That's a, and I have learned that way. I've made some major mistakes in my life that I wish I could go back and, you know, and fix it. But some things you can't fix. You just got to let the dead bury the dead. You got to let that stuff bury itself. And, uh, and the way he learned was that, and, and the way it tells me is that, uh, we can't carry God's presence through laziness. It takes responsibility to carry his presence and it takes sacrifice each day to carry the presence of God. It can't just be there whenever you want it. You've got to really seek the Lord so that you can find him, you know? And uh, of course, David learned that, went back and ended up getting the ark from Obed-Edom's house and he made sacrifices each day and he made a blood trail all the way back to the house, you know, and uh, that's the way it is in life. You know, there's going to be blood trails. There's going to be messes that we'll make on the way back and carrying God's presence. But messes are the way that he, he gets his presence there, which is crazy. You know, who would have thought sacrifice would get the presence of God back home, which is not physical sacrifice now these days, like they did in the days of old, but it's a heart sacrifice. It's a mind sacrifice. It's a will sacrifice to get the presence of God and to get us back to where we belong with the Lord. And it can't be carried by laziness. It has to be carried by real responsible men and women who are willing to take up their cross and follow him. 
And of course, who wants to drag a cross wherever they go? You know, can you imagine us if we literally had to do that? Imagine taking a cross to the pharmacy, dragging it into Walmart or dragging it into, you know, Dillard's and Belk or whatever and shopping. That would be something. But if you really look at it, it daily, it's a daily sacrifice. In other words, carrying a cross is very inconvenient. It, uh, walking with God a lot of times is very inconvenient for your mind. Your mind, your carnal mind wants to do what it wants to do. It wants to be lazy and it wants to make it easy, but uh, it's not that way in the real kingdom. And I know there's a lot of things that are being preached that are very lazy, but in the real world of the kingdom of God, it's not lazy. It's we. You have to learn by obedience by the things that you suffer. And boy, David did, didn't he? <laughs> but uh, I learned one particular God story, which is very embarrassing. Uh, I, I thought this was back when I thought I was a prophetic guy and I was prophetic stupid. gotta have that coffee and uh so prophetic stupid me went to uh went to africa south africa for the first time and man i had had major visions of being in south africa and uh when i got there i was just amazed all the visions i'd had years prior were, were exactly what i saw in visions and man i was excited I'll never forget it. When I got off the plane, uh, I, I was met by some really great guys, Vernon David and a couple of other guys. And, but before that, I'd had these visions of me getting off the plane and then them taking me to a restaurant. And then I met this man with a yellow Hummer and he would drive me to where I was staying. That was my vision like 10 years prior. Well, when I got there, I got off the plane. There was those people uh, waiting on me. They drove me to a restaurant and we walked in and uh, there sat this man with the, some other people to greet me. And and we were all sitting there, our team and so forth. And we, we ate dinner and, and uh, the man that I saw in the vision said, Hey, I'll take him to where he needs to be. And of course I was just stunned at, you know, what was going on. It's like I was living God. I was living his vision for my life, which I would love to do that constantly, be able to see it like that way. But we walk by faith and not by sight, right? But uh, we always want to know, right? So uh, anyway, he said, I'll take him where he needs to stay. And, and uh, so I, I went outside. I was following him out. And sure enough, guess what? Yes, we get in a yellow Hummer. I see a yellow Hummer and he, he, I said, is this your, is this your Hummer? He goes, yes, it is. He said, I'll take you, I'm going to take you around town and show you around before I take you to your place. And, and I said, yes, you are. And, and he kind of looked at me kind of, uh, you know, strange because I didn't know this man back then. So we drove around, went downtown Durban. And I knew exactly what was going on. I knew all the buildings because I'd already heard him tell me the different things that were there. And we got about halfway out of the town and he was about to tell me, you know, okay, I'll take you back. And I interrupted and told him how to get back because I remember the vision. 
And he looked at me as though I was some kind of alien. He goes, how do you know that? I said, well, I've been here before. He said, you've been here before. There's no way you've been here before. I said, yeah, there, I was here in a vision. And I remember how to get back to my house. So I told him how to get back. And he was just stunned. And uh, I was too. I was having such a good time with it. So I'm really bold, you know, I'm really excited. I'm still prophetic stupid, you know. I may have a prophetic gift, but, and I was really uh, ignorant and uh, had a little bit of pride, you know, going on. Not that I don't now, but uh, you lose a little bit when you start getting older. And uh, so he drops me off. And the next morning, I wake up and I'm real excited. And I'm thinking, I'm going to go get me some coffee. And I saw uh, on the way in, I knew there was this coffee shop that was maybe maybe a mile, not even a mile, maybe half a mile from the hotel. And I was going to walk down there and sit by the beach and have coffee. And uh, I heard this voice as I was getting ready. I heard this voice in my mind. I, I heard him say, don't go and get coffee. And of course, stupid prophetic me, you know, I told myself, that's not the Lord. The Lord would want me down there blessing people, giving people words, you know. He would want me down there drinking the coffee and watching the sun come up with him. And, and I said, that's not the Lord. And uh, of course, I gave every excuse for the voice of God that it wasn't the Lord because the Lord wouldn't want me to not get coffee, my goodness. And and so I start walking down there and I get down there at this, uh, it was a very nice coffee shop. It was one of my favorites for years and then they moved it. Allie's down here sleeping. She didn't feel like looking at the camera. She's down here in a ball if you want to see her. She's, she's all wrapped up. Hello, Allie. <laughs> but she will not miss a God story. And uh, so I'm headed down there and I have just rejected, you know, the voice of God. And uh, no matter how old, remember this, no matter how old you get and no matter how big you be as a leader, the more, you're, the, the more you grow in leadership and the more you grow in maturity, uh, there's a fine line. You start really having the responsibility of really listening to the voice of God and, and, and the, your path gets narrower and uh, your, your obedience gets almost has to be sudden as you're growing in the Lord because the, it, with much knowledge, there's much more responsibility. And uh, of course, by, at this time, you know, my, my path is made a little bit wider uh, because I'm, stupid prophetic and just, you know, young at this stuff. <laughs> and so I walk down there and I'm just, you know, Mr. Evangelist prophetic guy. And, you know, I'm going to blow the whole place up because I knew where I was. And, and I got down there and I ordered my coffee and, and I was waiting on my food. And, and soon as I was, it was outside and I'm sitting outside and I'm sitting outside and all of a sudden I looked up and here comes a witch doctor. And I'm thinking, oh man, this is going to be something. He, the Lord's going to blow him away, you know. 
And uh, he comes and stands probably 10 feet from me. And he starts with his staff, he starts chanting and he starts hitting the ground. And then he walks in front of me, about 10 feet in front of me, and walks all the perimeters of this outside uh, canopy that I was under. And he was just, you know, singing and stamping the ground, you know. And man, at first I thought, man, I'm going to rebuke him. And then all of a sudden I had these terrible headaches. And man, my head started hurting as though I had migraines. And and uh, and so I thought, man, I'm going to pray against this thing. And, you know, I'm going to bind every spirit in the world, you know. And uh, as I was about to pray, I put my head down like this and I was about to say, Lord, I just, I just bind the spirit. And as I was about to say it, the Lord, the Lord just interrupted me. And he said, uh-uh, boy. He said, I told you not to go down here. He said, you sowed this, you're going to have to reap it. You know, so you have to sit there and reap it. And <laughs> so... And I sat there and they brought my eggs out. I couldn't leave. I had all my food on the plate. And I was sat there and had to eat while that guy was cursing me. And I was it, that stuff was hitting my head. And I was just eating and, and trying to eat with my headache and feeling like I had migraines. And I knew that I had made a mistake. I knew that I had disobeyed the Lord. And it gave the enemy opportunity to be able to hit my head and really hurt me. And of course, that's a, that's a, you know, a big thing these days. You really got to start following the Lord because it actually keeps you under a real canopy of God. Even though you will have warfare, it, the things will not hit you as bad as, you know, it normally would when you're disobeying. Because when you're disobeying, you're an open target. And, uh, when you're obeying, you're still, the enemy could still come at you, but it's not near as painful. <laughs> and so uh, I was sitting there eating this thing and I was eating my breakfast and I, I was thinking, Lord, I just can't believe you let this happen. And he said, I can't believe that you let this happen. <laughs> and I, and so I, after I got through eating, as soon as I finished through eating, the witch doctor left and he walked off. And I started walking back home, back to my hotel room. And he said, and the Lord said, Brad, he said, you can get away with your, you may can get away with your disobedience in America, but you can't get away with disobedience here in Africa. It can get you killed. And uh, man, it totally woke me up that I really need to start listening to the voice of God. And man, I'm going to tell you what, I learned some obedience by the thing that I suffered there. I mean, I, I, I took one, man. I, he let me suffer through that so that I could learn the obedience and learn what it's like to really follow God. Because if you follow God, you're protected. But if you're not following the Lord, you're going to be an open canopy. There's not going to be uncovering for you. And man, it can be rough. It doesn't, it doesn't leave you, it doesn't get, give you the covering that you need. And one of, the, one of the scriptures that came to me, I just remembered this, when I got back to the, uh, to the hotel, uh, I remembered something in scripture because I, I went back after having all that pain and uh, 
I asked the Lord, okay, instead of getting upset, you know, and blaming it on the enemy, because I did have a, uh, had a temptation to say, you know, my mind had a temptation to say, you know, I'm in the right place and it's because, because the, and the enemy's here, it's because I'm in the right place, you know, and the Lord interrupted me, he said, basically, you're not. I wasn't in the right place, not in the spirit. It wasn't about being at a ge just geographics. It was about being in the in the place of God instead of the place of disobedience. And uh, this scripture, which is awesome, it says, "He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty." I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress; my God in Him I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. <laughs> and I would, it definitely wasn't my shield because I wasn't listening to him. I wasn't listening to truth. So when I didn't listen to truth and disobeyed it, it caused me to not have a shield uh, for this uh uh, witchcraft that was hitting me and uh, it didn't keep me covered I wasn't shielded because I disobeyed <laughs> and uh, of course when I got back and I was reading this you know and it says you shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrow by flies by day boy those were arrows that were flying by day at me nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes you shall look and see the reward of the wicked. Well, I definitely wasn't in this place, you know. But as I was reading this, you know, Mr. Prophetic Stupid, the first verse allows you to have all this protection and that is, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. In other words, those that choose to follow the Lord stay under that under that banner of the voice of God and under that presence. Those that obey that get to have all of this. But, you know, these days we say, oh, it's no, no big deal. But it is a big deal. If we've got the truth right here before us to tell us how to walk, then we've got the responsibility to do it. And a lot of people wonder why they get hit, you know, or feel the hits. It's because sometimes we just miss it. And there are times that, you know, the arrow will fly at you, but it will not go in you. You sometimes may feel pain, but it doesn't abide there. A curse without a cause will not light. And so even though he was hitting me, it wasn't lighting in me. I was having to feel the, the curses that were hitting my head, but it didn't get in me. But God was letting me learn. And as I'm reading this, I start laughing. I mean, I'm laughing not only at me, but I'm laughing at the Lord. Because he knew, I can't, I, I just got this picture of me saying, oh, that's not the Lord, and walking down, you know, uh, to the coffee shop. And I could, just, I got this picture of the father just standing there, smiling and shaking his head, just chuckling at me thinking, hey, well, I guess he's going to learn the hard way, you know, and I did, but I learned. Instead of going back to uh, the hotel and sulking and, you know, and, and you know how it goes, you start thinking about yourself, I missed it, you know, I can't believe this happened, 
Or you go into the religious route when the enemies hit you and, and you start going into prayer and you bind the enemy and you try to break, do breakthrough and, you know, bring every stronghold down. Either way, you know, it's an excuse to try to hear what God wants to say through it. And for some reason, I just, uh, I guess it's because I've made so many mistakes. I've learned to ask really what happened, really what went on. And, uh, and during the times of my mistakes and the times of my, even times of my trials and pain, I've learned to ask, you know, what are you doing in this? What are you saying in this? Because most of the time you want to think about yourself and your own pain, you know, when you're going through trials or you just want to assume God uh, will help you bind whatever's going on in your life. But uh, you've got to ask. Even the Lord said he can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father does, he does. But whatever he hears from the father, he does. And then that's a key for now. That is a real key for now because we're getting into major darkness, major warfare, a lot of voices that I've, I've never been able, you know, I haven't seen the type of demonic activity in the air like I've seen these days because we've got Twitter, we've got social media, we've got Facebook. I have tons of people that send me tags and stuff of different stuff that really, you know, they, they think they're making a given awareness, but they're really causing more strife. They're stirring up strife. And if we stir up strife, we're basically stirring up the enemy. Even the Christians are stirring up the enemy to really attack us. And, and the way he attacks us is gets us in his same attitude and his same nature. And so we start attacking others. We start even attacking Christians or attacking even uh, sinners and, and the attitude changes from love, uh, care, long-suffering to really hatred and uh, accusation. And so we have to get back to this place of really walking with the Lord and hearing his voice. And hearing his voice is sometimes can be tough, you know, because you don't want to, you don't want to make a mistake, but just take all that fear off. If you're, if you're thinking about making a mistake, you're, you're really going to make a mistake because you're in fear. So you might as well just jump out there. When the Lord tells you to do something, just try it. And if you make a mistake, you will learn by the things that you suffer and learning, learning obedience. Sometimes you've got to suffer learning the voice of the Lord sometimes is suffering, but if you don't forget to ask why you're going through that, if you miss it, just say, Hey, okay, Lord, you know, I missed it. Uh, what do you, what do you want to do now? Or what are you saying now? And he is so kind. He is a good father. And, uh, he will even sometimes reward you for at least stepping out and, uh, and trying it, stepping out and believing that it's him. It won't be as painful as you think. Uh, it's, he rewards faith. And sometimes your faith in the Lord is, thinking it is the voice of God and he sees your heart as being pure and you loving him. So, you know, don't be afraid to make mistakes. No telling how many mistakes I've made. I've got a tons of God stories on mistakes. Uh, maybe the, the, my next God story, I, I'll, I'll tell you about my red knickers and how the Lord used that years ago when I was playing golf. And uh, my mom is on, but it's a hilarious story about my mom making me some knickers uh, to go play golf in. 
Hey, mom. <laughs> but it brought, it brought great humiliation and humility to me. And it, and it gave a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of joy. <laughs> so maybe we'll talk about that one, uh, on the next Tuesday about Brad's red knickers. Oh, it's hilarious. But, uh, I look back now and boy, God used it. And he was really trying to get to me and was really giving a lot of people joy. So anyway, read Psalms 91. It'll help you. And uh, don't forget the other scriptures that I gave you in Hebrews, you know, and even the cart in, in Samuel, 1 Samuel. It's uh, yeah, 2 Samuel 6 and then uh, Hebrews, I think Hebrews 5 verse 8. <clears throat> Remember, your mistakes sometimes when you're following the Lord is not sin. It's just a mistake. It's a stumbling. It's a, not a stumbling block, but it's a it's a. Uh, a stepping stone to actually learning the voice of God. Remember that your mistakes and trying to hear the voice of God and you making mistakes. And, but you, though you're trying, they're not sin toward God when you make the mistake or when you miss it, it's actually a stepping stone to get to that other side with God. Don't forget that. Don't let the enemy come in and tell you, Oh, you've made mistakes. You're in sin. And, you know, God's really not there for you. Man, he's more there when you make mistakes than you could ever imagine. Man, I heard him more when I made the mistake, after I made the mistake, because I asked. And then he, I, got to, I got to learn the Bible, and I got to learn what he was truly like. And I, that day I went from prophetic stupid to actually a little prophetic smart. And I, <laughs> and I understood the Lord and how he starts, how he speaks to me. So do that with yourself. Do that with God today. All right. I'm out of here. I love you and pray for us. We're going down to Corpus Christi, Texas, uh, to a, a really big conference down there. We're doing a conference on family. Uh, it's going to start Wednesday. Susan's going. Stephen Alls and his family's going. Uh, Michael uh, uh, Miller Freeland and uh, Larissa is going from uh, Upper Room. We're all meeting down there as a family, and we're going to talk about the family of God, how they're supposed to walk, what it's supposed to look like. And uh, I think they are going to stream it, but uh, we'll see. I, I'll, I'll let you know on my Living Vine Facebook if they're going to stream it. But uh, pray for us if you don't mind. We, we sure love you. And those that are really following us and support us, thank you for your supports. It's, it's really helped us to keep going. Uh, we couldn't do this ministry without your financial support, and it's been awesome. If you don't know our website, it's livingvineministries.org, and uh, you can go on there. I, I'm trying to put our, our schedule on there because we've put, had so many people asking us where we're going to be next, but I am the world's worst on putting our schedule up and keeping things up like that. I'm not a very good advertiser. Uh, it kind of makes me feel icky. So even me trying to tell you about what we're doing right now and it, it, it's kind of delivering me of my stronghold. So anyway, I love you guys. Uh, have a good day. God bless you. Bye-bye.